1: Hi, Ben and I would like to acknowledge the traditional Costonians of this land in Los Angeles, the Keech, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and pay our respects to them, to their elders, past and present. Sound or dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're lighter as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together, we're weirder, we're here together.
0: Beautiful babies, welcome to the Weirder Together podcast. I'm welcome. doing I'm doing a formal intro.
1: I like it where we discuss the renewed sense of optimism that's taken hold over the course of this weekend. Do we? Well, the sag after negotiations.
0: Okay. I was thinking renewed sense of optimism is not how I would associate <laughs> my mental state with during the present times.
1: No, I I was just uh <clears throat> we don't. You really... were
0: manifesting. I was manifesting. You were secreting a positive mindset into existence.
1: Yeah, I hope the the sag that's something, you know, remember when that was the only problem we had in the world?
0: It's sort of interesting when people are negotiating for anything because you know that ultimately you are going to reach a resolution. Like there's no scenario where this is not going to get resolved. So part of you that's m- more impatient just wants to say, "Guys, just cut to the bit where you make a deal. I know, because it's going to happen. But all of the posturing—it's just like
1: yeah. I know. What do you mean by the posturing? Just well, just
0: the the negotiating tactics of the coming to the table, walking away for the table yeah. from the table, playing hardball. We're doing the, uh, Fran Drescher social media videos of down the line into the camera, being the you know, it's just like it's it's a lot of theater in any kind of negotiation. But it has but to happen. Apropos. That's how you get a,
1: apropos
0: apropos. That's right. You get, you get, that's how you get the good deal on the car. You're going to be theater. willing to walk away. Yeah. If anyone should be able to negotiate theatrically, we're dealing with comedy
1: tragedy. Um, I'm, I'm, s- I'm, yes. I,
0: I, I want to get to the, just finish the intro. I'm Ben Lee.
1: I'm Ione Sky, <laughs> and you're listening to We're together. We're together.
0: Good Aussie accent. Mm. Um, I, we never want this, this pod to be, a downer we try and keep it lively and positive but we did want to just make a mention to the fact that the the sad loss of Matthew Perry over the uh this recent weekend and um you and Matthew were friends for many years you did uh what was you did um Jimmy Reardon
1: yeah a night yeah. in the life of Jimmy Reardon what, what year was that i think 87 um yeah he's hold on a sec <clears throat> i'm having that thing that um just sip water lauren lapkus mm. has where it's like become oh uh,
0: yeah i've had that with singing
1: all right yeah in the 80s we did a movie and i think it was my second movie um, it's so funny. It was such a banger of a few years for me. It was
0: somewhere between River's Edge and Say Anything,
1: Exactly. Yeah. And we went to Chicago and it was so fun. It was with River Phoenix and Meredith Salinger and, um it was just an amazing experience. And I think it was Matthew's first film. And I have a lot of great memories of when we were working together. It was super duper fun. A lot of shenanigans. And also
0: just like young, smart people getting away from home. Oh and, man. You know, it's so I fun. mean,
1: dream. Like yeah. I look at these teens, even our kids. And I think everybody should do a 20th century Fox movie <laughs> period piece. In Chicago. I'm sure and, most
0: of these teens would agree with you. You
1: know, it was just envy treated kind of, like cared for, but like an equal with the adults. Yeah. It was not, it was anyway, and it was super kind of perfectly wild, but not too wild. And it was just all great. But um, yeah, and then we we stayed in touch and would have bouts of like, you know, as it goes, where you hang and then you don't hang. and
0: Hollywood style, baby. You know. <laughs> um, what was your, do you remember your first impressions of him? Of Matthew?
1: Um, yeah, I think we just naturally, it's so nice to meet at that age because you naturally, it, you're still young enough at like 16, 17, 18, at least where you don't have those sort of guards up. I mean, it's not the same as like little kids, like when we would take our kids to the park and they literally go up to any other little kid and start playing. But in that world like you just we took the plane together and already this is before cell phones we t- there's pictures <laughs> i took of him with the stortis and we were already like joking around on the plane and taking pictures of us on the plane together and it, it just was like instant we were all it was like 5 or 4 16 17 year olds so we instantly became this like little crew and then we're in the uh the same hotel together so his room was right next door to mine and it just is like not like a dormitory vibe but you're in like a hotel so it was just truly good and yeah i have i have a lot of stories but uh do you, do you feel
0: that um like it's so wild that from that time like rivers gone Matthew's gone like you and Ugh. I don't know, it's just so what I mean, I know yeah. you've been writing a lot about this it was it was so interesting because just that day we took a walk and you'd been writing a chapter for the your memoir that you're working on all about these losses yeah. and what it's like to get older and have yeah. people
1: pass. um, I know I was literally writing about losses for my my book, and yeah. you said Ione and the way you said. My name, I thought it's that tone where you're like, "Oh, this is bad news."
0: I know when you're when you're married or you know each other really well, it's like you can hear those little vacillations. Of, and I just was because I saw it on it came up on TMZ or something on my phone, and um, and you were in the middle of writing, and I was like, "Oh God, you're gonna see this on your computer." There's always that protective instinct you feel as someone's partner to just. I was like, "Oh, what do I do? I want her to sit down. Do I, you know?" But it's just that feeling oh, of like, it was it's so it sad. is it's a very big moment when there's just that unexpected loss you know?
1: i know and then i wept and then i thought wow he just texted me right. um which was out of the blue and then i thought oh no did i could i have done something like i immediately had that feeling of like w- wait did i say the right thing like could i like as if you know it was it wasn't a f- conversation where someone's like i'm terrible Can you talk me off a ledge? So Of course, but but the
0: conversations increase. The magnifying glass goes on them so intensely when they become the last conversation you have with someone. And
1: even before that, I thought, oh, wow, this is a kind of poignant text for some reason, even before this sad thing happened, where it was just like a... I was like, wow, I guess he's feeling nostalgic right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was quite a nostalgic kind of you know, going over the bases of like how much you meant to each other type yeah. of text. Even after it happened, I was like, oh, that was, that was nice. And then, but then now it's like, whoa, what the heck? I know. It and was c- nice to have that. Yeah. And I'm I w- glad I said something. I was like, oh, did I say the nice things? Yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> we talked about this obviously, but it's also that sort of struggle of, you know, we live in these public worlds with social media and- the pressure to very quickly have a take on something, whether it's a political situation or a loss in the community or something going on. It's like, I don't know, how do you sort of wrestle with that dynamic when big things happen? In terms of how quickly you feel pressured to say something or desire to say something.
1: Well, yeah, I just thought, should I, I, I don't know, I didn't even think I should post the text that we had, but I have a lot of pictures over the years. And like I said, very nice, those random memories of just being, he had a truck at one point and talking about his dad and just different sweet things. And but I just thought, oh, I guess, I, I actually was with some friends and I said, I don't know if I should post anything. It feels sort of soon and I don't know. And they, and then I was like, I don't know what I would post. And then my friend said, post that text. And I thought, oh, okay, that's nice. But uh, yeah, I guess I- Well,
0: that text also showed such a heartfelt side of him, which was yeah, really Yeah, and I nice. didn't read his yeah. book.
1: And weirdly, every time I've been with him, we never, like, it wasn't a big party time. Like, yeah, for yeah, yeah. some rando reason, it was always kind of chill. I didn't have a harrowing experience with him. Yeah, isn't that wild
0: when you you know people within a certain context? And I've, I've often felt this because I – maybe I flatter myself, but I think of myself as sort of like a nice person – And so I often see the nicer sides of other people. Like sometimes people have issues with each other and I'm like, I've never seen that side of that person. (laughs) And they're like, of course they don't show you that side. But it it is weird to realize that people have these darknesses that they reserve or they protect certain people in their lives from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am no stranger to people not hiding their dark sides. (laughs) But I also, I know what you mean. It is that funny thing when, you know, back in the 90s when I was in New York and I was with people who were looking for drugs or this or that, like it seemed like we would always be bumping into the person who had... If you're looking for them, you can find them. You know, yeah. like, yeah, whatever. And then when that wasn't in my world and I wasn't hanging out with that, I, I was like, wow, no one's doing drugs anymore. And I, I was like, actually, no, it's just that you're not hanging with people who are like actively looking for them, but, or like when I was pregnant and shopping for a stroller, I've never noticed strollers. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that's a nice stroller. That's a nice, like all of a sudden it's sort of what you're focusing on sometimes.
0: Can I ask you a question about, um, cause you've known so many people as I have, who have take even out the, tr- the tragedy of premature death of dying young but but real struggles with drugs yeah like real struggles you yeah. know where it's like people going in and out of rehab or you know having yeah. these types of like decades long struggles mm. do you especially when you know people before that do you feel that there's something in someone that predisposes them to that type of struggle or is it sort of like bad luck like people getting hooked when they don't intend to
1: I mean, I think it's a combination, I do think it's sort of a combination of um, yeah, just it's like a, some people, I think their depths of despair and their outlook is just, you know, it's a harder mentality once you give someone an alternative. You know, so, I mean, they do say, of course, like things are genetic or you whatever, but I think, yeah, it's like some people are medicating for very real reasons that others don't have. So, and then there's just, I know for me in certain times with just like a mindset or habits or this or that, it's like, sometimes I have a, I don't want to use the word brave, but a more kind of, um, I'm I'm feeling up to living life.
0: Yeah. How did you open the podcast with like a new air of, of yeah. staunch optimism?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It just so it's like it's funny because it's not a mindset because not everyone can have that mindset. But I do think it's um yeah, there's just some people that uh it's just it's so good to be medicated because it's like they're in so much pain. And then there's yeah we were we were talking about it with our kid that it's um you know for some people when you get high like overdoses like you're not necessarily thinking I want to die but you're just in that world of getting high so you're and then if you are high then you're not like you're feeling okay so you're not like overly concerned like oh maybe that was too much
0: And of course we're not implying that Um, Matthew's death was drug related that's this no no we're we're just talking talking about about that was obviously a struggle yeah I guess like
1: some people it is interesting with all of that not taking Matthew out of this uh, conversation but yeah overdoses and suicide like what what separates certain people from others who you know go there and who don't
0: yeah totally I know it seems it almost seems like some people are almost determined to develop an addiction as a method of dealing with, you know, because addiction also requires a massive amount of hard work.
1: But, it, but yeah, but it's like, you know, I think it's such a relief to feel better for right. people that it's, you know, it's not worth it, but it's, you know.
0: What do you think about the way that massive success, because I'm thinking about obviously with Matthew, there was this, you know, he's a, he was a working actor waiting for a break or and like no one can imagine the type of financial freedom that came from the type of success like i just imagine that would be like highly destabilizing as just on a very human level like we all want to make money and we all want to be free of like stressing about the mortgage or whatever but I almost think there's something unnatural about reaching a certain place where you don't have the financial imperative to continue with your will to work or something.
1: Yeah, I guess I noticed for me when there is something stripped away and there's, I do find I get humble or in a different kind of mindset, which can actually be sort of helpful. And I, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about what why fame can be. I mean, the pressures, of course, and, and just, um, yeah, I do think kind of being in the quote unquote real world does something for you, or having certain Yeah, and if you have a lot of good friends or family, that of course helps. And obviously
0: I, drugs and mental health affect people in all sure. sections of society. Ex- but, yeah. but it is a unique it's a unique pressure to put it under this sort of like like I'm you know, I'm reading the Gucci Main book and like the the him sobering up and staying out of jail was actually like really difficult with the level of access and money that he had.
1: Yeah. Because it's
0: so easy to get your needs met in a superficial
1: way. Yeah. And when you're young, you're kind of um, humble just by being young. And then I guess also it's sort of dangerous that the older you get and the more you sort of figure your life out, you can start kind of manipulating your world and you start knowing like how do I move about in my world to make me the most comfortable and um that can be sort of dangerous too just as you get older to stay humble and try to you know it's just it's 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 hard being alive it is it is <laughs>
0: and yeah full compassion to anyone out there struggling with that
1: yeah yeah including us <laughs> including us exactly
0: um all right um well sending love to all of Matthew Perry's friends and family yes. and co- um, co-workers and collaborators and people, and people who, who just were, and people who were inspired by him yeah. it just seems like so many people actually like found levity and joy in their sure. life through you know what you
1: know he, brought, he was so. such a comedic brilliant you know he really made so many people happy
0: i only hung out with matthew perry once and had a, but a really fantastic night It was some kind of awards thing I was, But you know like in LA There's like sometimes just awards for nothing It was yeah. just some kind of weird awards And it ended up this is when me and Claire were together So it was me, Claire Danes, Kirsten Dunst Matthew Perry sitting there And we just drank And he he really kept it going It yeah. was He was so funny yeah. And he just He really had us all in hysterics The whole night And my favourite moment was I mean, now it feels a little sad, but there was Mickey Rooney had won some kind of award, like a lifetime achievement award. And Mickey Rooney sort of shuffled from his chair, like very slowly making, and he was tiny. Mm. Mickey Rooney was tiny. And he's making it up to the stage. And Matthew leans down conspiratorially and just says, guys, best case scenario. If everything works out perfectly, that's me in 40 years. (laughs) And there was something so um, beautiful about the um, just the kind of reality, like what he was saying, is basically the message of the joke was Hollywood can't save you, success exactly. can't save you, and it was so yeah, so profound. Layered,
1: I know he had a sophistication with his comedy. I mean, he did, you know, the the timing, the content, the you know, but yeah, I really yeah, did love was how amazing. how um, nice 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 person together we're together Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices Hi, beautiful babies. I'm Ben Lee. And I'm Ione Skye. And
0: we are the hosts of Weirder Together Podcast.
1: If you enjoy our podcast, you might like some of the podcasts that our friends make and release on the Weirder Together Podcast Network. Like
0: punk legend Jello Biafra's Renegade Roundtable.
1: Multidisciplinary artist Brock Enright's trippy, sonic journey, vague data.
0: Making ways the art of music, an exploration of the ways that musicians and visual artists communicate and collaborate.
1: Raw Impressions with Lou Barlow and Adele Barlow. I love
0: that, one of my favorite married couples. And The Blag Show with Sarah and Sally, a collection of never-before-heard vintage interviews with legendary artists.
1: And The Future of Being a Musician with Ben Lee.
0: Find these pods on your favorite podcast platform now. Love ya. I had a great day making music with the brilliant Alex Leahy the other day. That was
1: a perfect day, as um, Lou Reed says. It was.
0: It did, didn't involve much heroin, but still, no, you no, know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it yeah.
1: was. It was. <laughs> I was writing in the other part of the house and I just you started early and you ended fairly late, but you made one banger song and beginning it was beginning
0: like, to end, like fully done. no verses unwritten, no bridges. Yeah. We like wrote a banger.
1: And it was just I I was I only came in at the way end when you would finished it and you are doing another pass of the demo and uh is that what you call it? Ian? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. You do. I love it. You said pass and demo <laughs> in one sentence. It was very. It sounded very professional.
1: You know, but it it was. It seemed like you had a very satisfying work day.
0: We had a great vibe, Alex. For people that don't know, Alex is a great Australian pop rock kind of indie singer songwriter. And picture is just...
1: if Ben was a woman. Um, I, I don't know. She's like the female you in a way, like good vibes, swagger. Um, I think she's
0: a little like. I was saying to her, I was like, Alex, you're a little like. There's a Springsteen thing going on. Yeah. There's like a John Bon Jovi thing. Yes. There's a Tom Petty thing.
1: Right. You don't have. But there's also like, like
0: a Kim Deal, like a or a Pixies kind of like. Alternative, yeah, maybe like, you're
1: more. Yeah alternative folky than she is, but there's- I'm a little
0: more hard on my sleeve in some ways. She's a little bit more like she's got the swag, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're
1: both, I think you both have a um, friendly sexiness.
0: That's true. Yeah, we are. And we both, she did look at my Uggs and say those, I have those same ones. They are so comfy. So it really is the slippers didn't that know makes- I did you the had sinusoidal. Uggs. These.
1: Oh. <laughs> didn't you get me these? You I and did. Sam Shelton. I, I think Fela you, got you got beat up your shoes so much that I, I almost- Block them out I mean I'm not particularly mind. like Yeah I'm
0: not shilling For Uggs Like an endorsement But these are These are like that's, Just like a house slipper Type that's thing That's actually
1: the way To do it Like th- you're Australian you, People wore them As just You know Americans
0: would be blown away there's got to be a history of sheepskin boots or ugg boots ready to be made for netflix mark duplass call me let's do this <laughs> um that is like because uggs are they wear a thing that people wore like surfers wore when they got out of the yeah. water at the beach yeah they were an extremely suburban
1: well footwear. now girl you know girls wear them out to the Century City. Blasphemy, girls are wearing Century City Mall. And, you know, again, Uggs are being worn outside of the house as a fashion statement, which is like a no-go. And this, you know, it's funny that like fashion things like preppies have, you know, like beat up cashmere sweaters historically with holes or old British people in a country house. Because they were like really using the clothes and had, you know, and, na- and now you can buy things distressed. That's right. But you're doing it the real way. You're like really wearing them as house slippers. I, I'm I'm living it. My I'm grandpa leaving. used to say, I only, get, bring me my slipper shoes.
0: My grandpa used to say, get me, the, bring me those um Benson and Hedges gold. <laughs> that was his cigarette of choice in those little Even gold Even when he was packs. old? Oh, yeah, yeah. My they, grandpa
1: went hardcore. Like once he found out they weren't good for you, then he was like this annoying, would stop people and tell them how bad smoking was. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, do you know
0: what's weird though? You know, like my grandmother loved gold. Like oh, and her he whole smoked. Ha- I and mean, they, they smoked from the gold pack. I think they did. They really got targeted in that marketing. Yeah. For like believing that this was a classier cigarette. I lo- my,
1: my grandparents and all the old people who moved to Florida, I, I loved the outside of their houses were all like, sort of modest and cookie cutter, you know, in this old age community. And then you walk in this humble exterior and inside you're in a faux, fakie palace.
0: It's the gift that keeps on giving, just the Mm -hmm. reveals. I love the show business of that.
1: I know, exactly.
0: Speaking of the, uh, those latter in years, how are you enjoying last night? I turned you on to the golden
1: bachelor. Well, yeah, the main lead character is an interesting fella. Very interesting. He's, very he's, interesting. Looks great. Little
0: Chauncey Gardner yeah. being there,
1: Mr. A Plus, uh, some sort of. I like, couldn't like if I had to choose between a lovely, nice man who I would who has no edge versus an edgy, mean man. I would go nice. Yeah, and but. It, you got it, you
0: got both in me. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: you know, he's sweet. I just and so many tears and I love that. But like it did make me nervous. So
0: much talk about being widowed.
1: Oh. <laughs> right before bed. Right before bed, I was just like then I was like, hmm widowed. Um how but it, no, it was it was a cute show and I How I'm, long
0: would you wait after oh, I died ben, before you went on a date? Then
1: I don't like this convo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's else? a lot of
0: talk about. There's a lot of talk in the show about how there's this sort of social pressure over a year, yeah. And then you're going to give it a year, and then people either are like not over it or they're I ready mean, before I, that.
1: No, you you'd know, wait me. like
0: five minutes. No, you'd be remarried. It-
1: <laughs> well, but before, I before be my over. body was gone, I wouldn't be over it. You know me; it takes me twenty-five oh, years. Oh, oh, you
0: wouldn't be over it, but you would move on. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, even I've had friends that they get a divorce and their friends are like pressuring them and they're like having a hard time moving on. I'm like, come on, give yourself a minute. I
0: know, I know. Take a beat.
1: Yeah. And they want to take a beat. I have a particular friend that was feeling the pressure to move on and I was like, just relax.
0: Straight up. I recently watched this doco that people should watch. It's on Netflix out of Australia. Came out last week called One Four Against All Odds about this hip-hop collective out of mount druitt which is sort of just uh just sort of outside central sydney and this incredible story of these guys that kind of came from sort of gangs based in pacific Islander samoan you know local culture and were really bettering themselves creating this amazingly vibrant music career and the police targeting them Uh, as a means of sort of attempting to like de-escalate gang violence or something. But this documentary is absolutely fascinating. It so much echoes like what happened with NWA and LA and stuff, just the idea that it became symbolic of this bigger sort of social conversation about violence in music and-
1: I know. And it really seemed like the police against this, this community.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing. And it's like, there's It's almost
1: like cowboy era of like the outlaws and the cops. Totally.
0: And then you realize that what they're actually doing is, uh, Richard Shepard last night was saying to me, he's like the things that police never realize is they actually give something more power also by making it an enemy and banning it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're, you're basically talking about a group of kids that are trying to get out of crime and into legit work. And Mm. you're taking away any possible income stream they have from work. So they, they have to be doing other things for money too. So it is a very, very interesting and complex story about art and society and, you know, socioeconomic, you know, like, like I, I wanted to watch it because Kelly from Camp Cope did this amazing, uh, amazing TikTok about it. Cause she's, indigenous and her partner is i think pacific islander um background and she was just talking a lot about how hard it is to choose music yeah from those communities it's not seen as something that could be a viable because truly like our you know the way privilege works into like the music industry is pretty unbelievable because to even like have a band And be able to pay those dues of the first few years of not making music, you pretty much have to have the safety net of your parents. Yeah. Or something like being able to like pay your rent or live at home or whatever it is so that you can pursue your dreams. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's really, really yeah. Being
1: an artist, like photographer, painter, it's quite pricey.
0: Totally. And think about like film directors, how it really has sort of become almost like a rich kid's career because yeah. it's like so hard to imagine being able to have the gear and the access and the, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's pretty fascinating.
1: Absolutely. It's called.
0: it's called one four against all odds. The, the words one four, and people should absolutely watch it. It's, um, it's really, really cool. Do you remember the first time you heard NWA? Yeah. What was that? I think I like? talked
1: about it already. I was driving down Laurel Canyon and my brother said, you have to hear this. And, and we drove, in the car, and it just blew my my head off.
0: Amazing! What song was it, or what record? Maybe Straight out of Compton, sh- yeah. Probably. Like, fuck
1: the police, fuck like the, the whole, police.
0: Yeah, what a what the a classic. Whole thing. What yeah, a classic so
1: good uh, record. Yeah, so good. It's Britney bitch.
0: So you wrapped up Britney's book. How is that?
1: Well, Michelle Williams. I I listen. I don't think I've ever. Oh no, I listened to Carrie Fisher doing her audiobook. Right, and it's interesting. Her early one, like postcard. From the Edge doing one of her books, her voice is, like, young. And then the late one, she's got this gravelly voice, which I kind of liked the gravelly Carrie Fisher voice. Um, Michelle Williams is just chef's kiss.
0: So she's really stealing the show for you. Or she's giving you a new appreciation for Britney's words, hearing them performed by such a thespian.
1: Yes, I loved Michelle Williams. And, yeah, it was just really – I liked how – yeah, I liked it was satisfying to hear her feeling angry and hopefully empowered. But yeah, it's a very interesting Britney Spears is a very interesting person.
0: We are all on fire with memoirs. Goldie's listening to the audiobook of Jeanette McCurdy. I'm <laughs> glad my mom died. I'm reading Gucci Mane, and you're on Britney. We're, I know. we're ready to run I, our own I, celebrity memoir book club.
1: I know. I read all the old Hollywood ones when I was a kid. I loved all the old, you know, Hollywood ones. Of they were course. Really fun. Yeah. But now I'm reading the new Hollywood.
0: Well, thank you guys for joining us. You can find us on social media, Weirder Together Official. Um, and uh,
1: we, we love you guys. Yeah, we do love you. I hope you have a good day and a good night. Beautiful babies.
0: See you, beautiful babies. Together we're leader, we're leader together.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands.